Hi, thanks for listening. This is the It's a Widgets Flutter podcast. My name is Hilo Korn, and each episode we get the chance to talk with another amazing Flutter developer. This episode, we're lucky to be speaking with Simon. Welcome, Simon. Really happy to have you on the podcast. Can you share a bit about yourself? Uh, yeah, uh, nice to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Um, well, where to start? So, about me. So, yeah, I've uh, I started developing when I was very young, uh, and I don't know, eight or something. Always had an interest and a passion for it and uh, started a career all self-taught. And then in, uh, oh, well, when Android first came out over here, so that was when the G1 was released, I started getting into Android. And before that, I was doing um, PDAs and uh, having having hell with Windows CE at the time. And, uh, yeah, moved into Android, loved every minute of it, went from strength to strength and uh always doing contractor stuff and then uh what uh when was it last year no year before last i've lost track uh flutter uh was mentioned to me now flutter i did hear about flutter a couple of years before that i think when it first came out and i have to say i'm very embarrassed by it but i disregarded flutter completely because at the time react was around and all these other different things and they're all like uh what was the other one cordova and phone gap and they're all terrible i the terrible when it, i mean don't remember though it's sold a solution but when it compared it to a native experience it was bad and when i heard about flutter originally i just disregarded it i thought you know it's another way it's cross-platform things that's terrible and rubbish and then uh, of course i completely changed my mind about that when i actually experienced it and tried it so uh, i think what uh Leela, uh introduced me at um it was the developer agency day europe one of the one of the Google events, and uh, he did a presentation on it, and I was like, "This this sounds really interesting. This is really engaging." So, straight after that that same day, I think that same night, I went ahead and downloaded Flutter, the SDK, tried it out, and I think that was uh, what October twenty seventeen, yeah. And so now I've been yeah a year, yeah it would have been a year now in in Flutter, uh, just over a year in Flutter. And since then, I've done about, what, four or five apps, I think, in Flutter, something like that, and helped many people out. So here I am. <laughs> Sorry, that's a long answer, right? <laughs> Very cool. That sound, that's amazing. And can you talk about any projects specifically you're working on or any apps? Sadly, all the stuff that I'm working on is under NDA. Um, however, I can say I'm working for a financial services company that is interested in using Flutter and um, some other social media stuff that is using Flutter. Um, it's, all, it's all quite, for me, it's, it's good to see that uh, companies and startups and things are seeing the power of using Flutter. And that's, that's what I've been seeing from the perspective that I get from, from, from my business. So. Mm, that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, and can you talk about any aspects you like most about Flutter? That is a good question. I had to say... Um, Flutter as a whole is brilliant first of all and I don't know if there's any one specific thing so I do like the way I have to say I think the the, the, the major breakthrough for me wasn't the language it could have been written in any language right like yes there's we got benefits from using Dart and that's great but it's not the language; it was the framework. It's the it's the concept of the the way that you build the UI with a reactive UI, but then breaking up the 
the tree into those three into the three trees the the widget the, the widget hierarchy your element hierarchy and then the render object hierarchy and having those three splits and then be able to have every widget recycle or reuse the previous instance of the element and render object performance wise for ui that's phenomenal and then when especially it comes to like um having a flexible ui system so there's so many things when you make an android app so that you would like to do transitions or repairing objects move stuff around on the screen and doing anything like that is a nightmare in android and i mean a nightmare you you, you have to experience it i'm sure there's plenty of android developers that are listening and know how hard it is to get like you would have to like move views between different view layouts and custom view layouts to do animations and before you know it you've just done all this sort of like um, boilerplate code to do something the flutter is just move this to here and it just works um yeah so 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 i think yeah that the 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 just the view hierarchy and like the way the framework does works in general is a big performance that's a good answer. sorry long answer no that's a good <laughs> answer are there things in flutter you'd like to see changed I was actually talking about this earlier. I think I think things in Flutter that see change. What I'd like to know this is not maybe maybe it doesn't answer the question directly, but I'd like to like to see is that we have breaking changes. And when I say we have breaking changes, what I mean by that is I don't want the 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 the, the, the Flutter team to be scared about breaking the the versioning of the system. Right? Like like the problem with Android is it's still got things like list view from version one in it. They still got concepts and principles from the original version of Android still in 10 years later. And there's so much legacy code to maintain, so much stuff you have to understand about the platform, so much complexity. You can do refactoring and reworking, and but just get rid of it. If it just, just you, you know what the newest stuff is, get rid of the old stuff. You can still check out an old version of, so this is the benefit that we get, right? So because the SDK is shipped within your application package, right? is that you can use an older version of the platform SDK and still compile with it and release with it, right? Obviously, there's limitations with the underlying platform. So if Android stops supporting SDK, whatever, we want to be able to continue using that version. Uh, so we might have to upgrade your app, but that's the choice you make. So when I, when I then build with the latest version, if there's any breaking changes, the, the change log lists out, these are the breaking changes that have happened, this is the help. These are the wiki pages that help you fix these things if there's issues, right? But don't be scared of getting rid of the old code because you know what? That's that's the devil, right? Like like I know like because Windows Windows has still got stuff in it from from decades old and all these bold platforms. And it's like the difference is you need that backwards compatibility that ships as part of the operating system, right? Because it's un, it's fundamental to to running your apps. However, because Flutter ships with the app, you can turn that whole scenario on its head. And I think that's that's a real big benefit. Uh, I mean, the Flutter and Dart teams definitely have a tightrope to walk between you know improving the framework and the language and not upsetting too many developers. But I agree, it's it's fascinating what's possible considering that the, the framework is packaged in with the applications. Um, do you have any tips you can share? Or Flutter tips. I, I, the thing is that there is there's the list just goes a mile long. I think I think a good tip for beginners. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not joking. When I remember when I first started doing layouts in Flutter, I was always thrown by the number of exceptions I would get inside the layout. So I'd do a piece of layout and say, oh, I don't have the width for this thing. I don't have the constraint, doesn't match. And size bounds on 
this and that and the other because when I came to using the layout system I was coming from an Android background or from I guess some from a web background comes from web and some from uh, iOS comes with the experience of iOS right so I think the tip I would give is yes you're going to be frustrated at the beginning but work through it because if once you work through that barrier and understand the layout system that's where you're going to get benefits so so my tip is read the documentation on the rent the uh, box model it's called uh, so we have uh, box protocol sorry um, and that's where we have constraints being passed down the hierarchy and sizes getting passed back up the view hierarchy uh, for a layout pass and um, yeah understanding that key principle means that your layouts you know how to go about uh, choosing the right widgets for your layouts uh, again another one is just try lots of widgets um, a good tip a good tip if you're using IntelliJ is to create I would create a sample project that uh, has lots of main so you just create lots of dart files each one has a main function in it that can have your complete app code for your test or trying out a widget right uh, and then inside your run configurations in IntelliJ you can tend to run any one of those dart files you don't have to have a file called main.dart that has that and or a project for each one of your tests or each one of your demos or each one of your play arounds with code you don't have to have a separate uh, Visual Studio Code project or Android and you know IntelliJ project one project lots of different files and because of the way Dart works you can just tell it run that file and you'll get you know that little example running so you can try out all these different widgets and, and um, just just remember that, that that you know again preconceptions like so many people come to the the flutter platform with uh like a notion of like on android i mean i tell you that for, for years we've been true it's been drilled into us in android to say don't make deep hierarchies because it's slow to render it's slow slow to lay out because of the way the layout system works with multiple passes of trying to resolve constraints and all this kind of stuff and uh that uh that just doesn't it's not the same on it just doesn't work the same with Flutter, the, the layout system. And because of that, because of the single pass down and back up, you have these constraint errors to deal with. But if you think about it, uh, once you understand the concepts, in, the, the principles and, and concepts involved, you get to choose the right widgets or the right parameters. And you start realizing, actually, as long as I set my layouts like this, I get the performance gain and I get the... Um, uh, the nicer layout benefits and, and so on and so forth. So I, I know, long, long, that wasn't really a tip, but but yeah, yeah. I think think link, read the documentation. That's a bad tip, but yeah, there you go. Oh, that's great advice. I think those are, those are excellent tips. Um, do you have any thoughts in general on state management? Aha! It's a topic close to my heart. So state management, big topic at the moment. It's been quite a popular topic over uh, the last six odd months, I guess. So. Yeah, uh, thoughts on state management. So yes, you need state management, um, but don't go insane in state management, right? So what I mean by that is I've seen projects that were, um, they use Redux, but then they, they, they forcefully make every widget stateless because they want to keep all their state in Redux store, which is, that's not the purpose of the UI. Like, like how can the UI keep its state so it can be re-rendered without having to go fetch all these variables from lots of other places inside your app? That, that makes sense, right? That's self-contained unit. It's dry. You can self-test. You can test that widget by itself, right? However, if you want to wrap that widget with uh, something that part like some Redux um, widget that passes in the parameters from a store, fine. 
but keep the two. Don't 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 make one depend on the other, right? So, uh, regards to state management, um, I mean, I can give a tip, and that is learn inherited widget. All of the state, all the, all of the the state management solutions so far that I've seen use inherited widget underneath it for, at some point um, to get to their global state or scope or whatever it might be, and then from there they work their magic, right? Doing types and magics with types and looking up things from hash maps and goodness knows whatever else. Um, so I think for a lot of people, I think get a hold of that inherited widget, understand the pr- principles involved in how it works, and that is where you're going to get the benefit of then going to like things like scope model and redux and all these other state management solutions. In fact, um, Brett Brookton has a mix of the two. Um, ah, you know I'll get, I'll send you the link of the, uh, of the GitHub repo and you can include that. Um, Andrew Brookton. Yeah. He, uh, he's done this, uh, reblocks, reblocks. It's the block pan and, re- and redux together, which is an interesting mix. Uh, block pan. That's where I suggest people go because it's just simple. Uh, you have an abstract class. You you implement that class in the, on your back end code, that implements your functionality, and then on your front end, you listen to your streams and call your functions, or write values to syncs, and you've got communication between your front end and back end. Um, the, the reason why it's not the block pan itself that makes it powerful; it's the use of streams, right? Because the the UI is reactive, a reactive UI, so. Uh, it wants to be whenever it gets rebuilt. You want to reconstruct it. You want to 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 have access to all these different things. So, as stuff changes in your back end, so you can imagine like like maybe a good example is let's say you had a uh, an entry box at the top of the screen, an edit box with a button that that adds says add, and underneath that you have a list of all the things you've added. Right, simple simple UI. Type in the box, you hit the add button, it pops into the list. Right, in a in a in a nice uh, streamed model using using uh, the block pattern, you would have the list view being uh, built uh, inside a stream builder that listens to a stream of data from your block, and then your add your add button at the top takes the edit fields content and pushes it back off to the block. Now there could be logic involved; it goes off to a server, it does all this other stuff. That's behind the scenes; that's inside your block. But what you see on the front end is that item you just entered appears magically in the box below but you haven't had to tell your ui in your ui code you haven't had to say make this thing appear in the box below or add it to a list that's kept in my stateful widget right that state is something that you're getting from the block from the back end so that keeps your business logic that's now testable away from the ui logic right so the two don't have to cross paths and that's always great for for testing and then um, it also means that if you do do an abstract class you can mock it and then implement the real functionality later, right? So you can you can actually have one person work on the UI where the other person works on the backend logic and other stuff to do your app. So yeah, benefits. Sorry, state management, lots of stuff. That was, that was incredibly helpful. Um, an IDE of choice, IntelliJ, Android Studio, VS Code. Mm, so I, I prefer IntelliJ and probably because I've been using Android Studio for the past, I don't know how many years. So uh, obviously, I come from that knowing that I have hotkeys and know where everything is inside the in the um, IDE. The the other advantage, I say advantage, uh, they both got their own advantages, right? So to be honest, though, like most developer machines have lots of memory and everything else. Like um, 
don't know. I think, yeah, I, I, I choose IntelliJ over anything else personally, but I don't see there's any harm in it using any of the three. I mean, Android's, I'm like, why bother with Android Studio when IntelliJ is a lighter version that doesn't have all the stuff in it because you don't need to use that, right? So, yeah, pick your poison. <laughs> nice. And finally, is there anything else you'd like to add or promote? Uh, yes. So uh, the Flutter Community Medium. So we've been working with that quite a lot over the last hmm, year or so, maybe. I don't know. It started up. I think we started in uh, April, May last year. Uh, Nash and Scott have been doing that recently. Done a lot of work in the community. But, um, yeah, we, we accept articles. Uh, send us your articles and we'll review them. We we do try and keep the standard high and edit and perhaps edit them um we will communicate with the, the author to do that but but the, yeah the flutter community medium where we want to try and share this knowledge and get get people up to date and up to speed with flutter awesome i've read tons of excellent excellent articles on flutter community medium uh, and i highly recommend anyone listening uh follow it um simon thank you very much for taking time to be on the podcast if anyone listening likes to tell their story go to itsawitches.com and click podcast in the top right thanks for listening